everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Aftershock, where we're going to give you the latest and greatest of all things happening in the world of Web3 and the metaverse. Now, for all those who are listening over on the podcast, we appreciate you. For those on YouTube, thank you for uh, watching us. Please make sure you give us a like and a subscribe if you're on YouTube. And if not, you can go check us out on our podcast and vice versa. Now, we have a packed field amount of content for you today. So we're going to go ahead and get right into it and kick off this week's Aftershock. The Aftershock. This week's Web3 Lightning Round is going to kick off with Coinbase survey indicating that 20% of Americans own crypto. So the Morning Consult published a survey finding on behalf of Coinbase Exchange to reveal that 20% of Americans representing about 5.3 million own at least one crypto asset. The cryptocurrency perception study was designed to examine how Americans perceived the, globe, the current global financial system and their view about the future of the crypto market. I think this is extremely uh, bullish news. It's really cool to see how the expansion of crypto and Web3 is occurring here in the United States. I know it is occurring more rapidly overseas and internationally, but it's, it's good to see that more and more people are looking into the world of crypto, even after everything that happened last year. But I think that as we get closer and closer to maturity, aka getting closer to mass adoption, we're going to see this number increase over time. So uh, really excited to see that you know 20% of Americans are owning crypto. Our second story is looking at Tel Aviv, um, which their stock exchange is proposing to allow crypto trading. So the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange, TAZE for short, has become another traditional trading floor to hop on the accelerating cryptocurrency by allowing customers to transact digital assets. On uh, Monday, February 27th of 2023, Taze started a public discussion to draft rules to approve non-banking members to trade to trade crypto. I think this is cool because you're starting to see more and more govern- governments and banking systems, traditional banking systems, that were very anti-crypto start to become more welcoming uh, and provide more access to people to be able to get into this asset class. It almost kind of coordinates or correlates with what we just saw with our last article with 20% of Americans starting to adapt to crypto. I think we're going to see more and more adoption internationally. um, And it has to first occur by having access and legal ways to on-ramp and off-ramp into crypto. And this is another step forward in that direction. So uh, exciting news over there. Our next story is looking at Ukraine as it netted 70 million in crypto donations since the start of the Russia conflict. So the Ukraine and Russia have now been at war for over a year, unfortunately. And uh there's been roughly 28.9 million in ether donated to Ukraine, as well as another 22.8 in bill, uh, billion, uh, and and uh, 22.8 million in Bitcoin and 11.6 million in Tether. So there has been a lot of money that has been flowing through donations over there to help provide the nation with funds for military equipment, humanitarian assistance, and, and much more. And I think it is very unique that we're seeing crypto as a means to provide the financial resources to help aid in what's going on over there. I think that this is going to be a use case that 
other company countries evaluate and look at for ease of receipt, ease of being able to convert that into local currency so that they can then use the money for different resources and think that more and more use cases within the world of crypto will continue to evolve. So crypto donations also just natively here in the U.S. I know uh, have been occurring. I've seen more and more of these different nonprofits and organizations starting to receive and accept crypto. So $70 million is a significant amount of money. Um, not necessarily enough to go win a war, but really cool to see people being able to uh, send donations via crypto and seeing that money go to work. Next, we're going to look at Hawaii Cloud and uh, Tencent Cloud announcing its Cloud 3 allowed. <clears throat> it's Web3 Alliance. So one of the interesting stories here is that you're starting to see more and more of these giant cloud companies come together to try to take on the beast that is AWS. So Amazon Web Services is one of the largest cloud services out there. Um, and to try to gain market share, you're, you're starting to see some different companies trying to strategically create these partnerships that allow them to move faster, have more resources jointly, and then also try to go towards the future, which is blockchain. And I think that if they were able to have some pretty early success with this and are able to start taking some market share away from your traditional Web2 type of cloud services, you will see this trend continue and have more and more people start flocking over to Hawaii Cloud and Tencent Cloud um, and their joint venture that they have moving forward. Our next story looks at Nano Labs. Um, which slammed Coinbase's futures contract with a copyright lawsuit. So futures products violated their trademark rights, um, and NanoLabs is asking the court to issue an injunction banning Coinbase from using the word nano and all related trademarks, domain names of similar nature. According to the complaint, NanoLabs alleged that the violations caused financial loss to the company and damaged its brand image, resulting in real and irreparable harm. NanoLabs is asking for damages for at least $5 million um, for correction of Coinbase ads, the destruction of all nano trademark infringing material, and the forfeiture of all profits from the exchange's use of nano's trademark. So Coinbase is going through it right now um, in a lot of different ways between its regular stock market prices getting punished and having to deal with the aftermath of what just happened with Kraken with the SEC banning all staking. Coinbase still currently has its staking, but we'll see what happens with that. And several, the the launch of its newest coin, which also is having some challenges. There's, there's a lot going on over there. They're still trying, still think that Coinbase in the long run is going to be okay, but they, they can't seem to catch a break at the moment. So uh, hopefully Coinbase can get on the other side of all of this and start to get on the right side of a lot of these uh, different news articles that are coming out. Next, we're going to look at Spotify, uh, which is testing Web3 wallet integration. Users can access token-enabled playlists from Overlord, Fluff, Moonbirds, and Kingship with their NFT wallets. 
So Overlord, a Web3 gaming ecosystem, announced its partnership with Spotify and the token-enabled community-curated playlist from Overlord may now be used via Web3 wallets of those who hold the Creeps NFTs on Spotify. Only Android users from the US, UK, and Germany, Australia, and New Zealand can unlock the playlist. Other participants in the three-month pilot are Fluff, Moonbirds, and Kingship Metaverse communities. More and more information is going to be coming out on this, but I think this is really cool. I also think that for a lot of the other Web3 companies out there that are attacking um, decentralized type of music and gated content through blockchain uh, and NFTs, etc., cetera, uh, this could be a huge challenge. This could start something where Spotify already has critical mass. And if they are to run do this use case and see success. They could roll this out to a much larger audience very quickly. So I'm going to be watching this one really closely, especially as, again, this could be a major threat to a lot of the other decentralized Web3 music applications that are out there. So um, I think this is cool, but also think that this is very unfortunate for a lot of the other Web3 um, music companies out there. Finally, we're going to look at... A really interesting article about rap star Drake losing 400,000 Bitcoin bet on Jake Paul in the split decision loss to Tommy Fury. So for all those who have been watching the Jake Paul story, um, who's constantly in the limelight for uh, his YouTube antics and the various fights that he has won, um, he recently lost his first uh, boxing match and Drake bets $400,000 in Bitcoin on Jake Paul's fights. Now, a couple things that's interesting about this. One, and this is more on the fun side, the, the Drake curse seems to be real. Uh, for those who don't know about this, uh, Drake is notoriously known uh, as it relates to sports betting that if he bets on your side, there's been a lot of significant losing. And so um, that's just one element of it just for, for fun. But on the other side, Drake making Bitcoin bets uh, you're starting to see crypto really evolve into not just hip hop culture, but all of music and, and and more and more of these artists who are looking at cryptocurrency as a real means uh, for growing and into the future and, and, and being part of it, whether it's through music or Snoop Dogg and, and all the th- things that he's been elevating through NFTs and everything else. Uh, you're seeing more and more of these artists start to go down the crypto route. But again, uh, I thought this was just a fun, hilarious story that I want to go and put in there to, to one, say that, hey, Drake has Bitcoin and he's making bets with it. And the other is to just unfortunately talk about uh, Jake Paul's first loss. So that's going to wrap up Web3 Lightning Round. And next we are going to be looking at last week in the metaverse. So the first story we're looking at is uh, Fujitsu and Mitsubishi look to create Japanese metaverse economic zone. So a group, uh, the group will be gilded, uh, will be guided by the aim of former Square Enix executive JP Games CEO Hajime Tabata to update Japan through the power of games. Companies that sign the agreement will integrate their technologies and services, including gamification and fintech, to build the technical infrastructure. It's currently called. Uh, Riguku. The new social infrastructure will be used for informational dissemination, marketing, work style reform for domestic enterprises, the release said. 
no. Um, I thought this was really cool for several reasons. Uh, first and foremost, I'm a big Square Enix fan. They have made a ton of games that I are, are very near and dear to me. Namely, um, you have Kingdom's Heart and several of the games I've played. But I think that we're starting to see this shift for major gaming organizations to, to look at the Web3 space, whether it's through Metaverse plays, through AR, VR, um, and creating NFTs. So you get the kind of graphics that a Square Enix is able to bring to different platforms and then start bringing that into the Metaverse world. That excites me. And I think that we're getting closer and closer to really high definition, definition type of, of virtual reality and and and. I think that's going to be really critical for more and more people to start looking at uh, the metaverse as a as a real viable option of a place to go and and have a lot of fun um, and, and to to go and explore the virtual world. So I think this is big news, and I am excited to see what comes out of this. Next, we're going to look at Baby Doge um, as Baby Doge Coin dropped despite its open ocean listing. So OpenOcean revealed that it had listed Baby Dogecoin and Baby Doge Swap liquidity for trading. Uh, the new development asset ecosystem has seen the asset record slight improvements on the charts as the meme coin struggles to consolidate on the bullish run. So what I think is interesting uh, about this particular article, um, Baby Dogecoin came out uh, as, a, as a joke um, almost to, uh, well, as a meme coin and, and also as a response to like sheep and some of these others out there. And I believe they have some things in the works to create some, um, NFT, uh, marketplaces out there. So as this continues to develop and you're starting to see more liquidity out there on the trading side, then provides you with more, um, money that you can then go spend to inject into the um, marketplace that they are, are looking at launching. So uh, again, I thought this was just a quick, interesting story and we will move on to the next, which is looking at a whale that sold um, 1,010 NFTs in 48 hours in the largest NFT dump ever. With the Blur Marketplace set for a second airdrop soon, you're starting to see uh, more and more of the inflow and outflow of NFT starting to occur. And so Nansen's Andrew Thurman theorized that this major NFT dump could be a play to reap extra blur tokens rewards while also booking some profits. According to the data from Nansen, Will Jeffrey Huang, known as uh, Maki Big Brother, dumped 1,010 tokens for 11,680 ether. Um, which is roughly $18.6 million and in the span of about 48 hours, which is pretty wild. The major selling event included 90 board eight yacht clubs, uh, NFTs, 191 mutant apes, and 308 other deed NFTs. This is pretty substantial because you're starting to see this trend where People are starting to understand the system of these new NFT marketplaces as they launch with a with an airdrop for the amount of transactions and et cetera that they do. And this is the person who saw the opportunity and, and, and jumped on it. So by both taking um, 
selling these NFTs, getting this $18 million of, of liquidity, he's going to probably make a substantial amount of money from this blur, blur airdrop. And so it's kind of a two for one where if he's been looking to get liquid and also trying to make additional money by doing that, he set, him, uh, he set up to get that done. And so airdrops typically reward action and communities who come and take action on platforms. But I think a lot of these platforms have to be careful because you can find these wells or these people who can come in and take advantage of the situation. And I think this is an example of, of this occurring. Our next story is looking at 3AC. As 3AC liquidators start selling the firm's NFT to realize the value amid the bankruptcy. So the sales are going to commence 28 days after February 22nd. And 3AC Capital, uh, just as a reminder, um, are a large company that unfortunately went down after everything that happened with Terra Luna and Celsius and, and, and some other companies. They overlevered themselves and uh, spiraled down uh, on, the, on the downside. And as they're going through their current bankruptcy, they are starting to have to liquidate a lot of the current assets that they have on their books. And um, they have uh, a couple of these NFTs, um, which include like Pepe the Frog, NFT Genesis, uh, Fidenza 718, and some others. So again, this is uh, unfortunate that they're having to liquidate a lot of these things, but also looks like you can get some pretty rare um, NFTs into your portfolio if, if you are looking for some potential uh, good NFTs out there if you are a well that are about to come out to the market. Next, we're going to look at uh, Sotheby's to auction Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash manuscript and digital collectibles. The auction house is offering the original 1991 manuscript of the sci-fi novel that coined the term metaverse alongside a series of physical and digital collectibles. So for those who don't know, um, Neil Stevenson wrote the book Snow Crash where metaverse was originally, uh, originally coined as well as the word avatar. And... This sale is going to feature a series of physical and digital collectibles that are linked to elements from the book, including a hand-forged sword created by New Zealand-based designer with a workshop and inspired by the one used by the book's protagonist. So we're going to continue to see, I think, a lot of the authors and OGs of these different words and phrases and, and people who are building out the world of Web3 creating NFTs and op and this is, I think more of a collectible item that is having an NFT attached to it. And this trend is going to continue because why wouldn't it, why wouldn't someone be able to have some sort of auction or have a way to sell this digital good and be able to make the reoccurring revenue that can come from NFTs and, and be able to activate and do a lot of other really cool um, benefits to potential purchasers that they couldn't do before. So I think this is a really cool one. And I think there's going to be a lot of interest in this particular drop. 
So Neil Stevenson also revealed how he like created the the metaverse. And I think that is another really cool way of like taking a deeper dive into how the term metaverse has evolved over time and, and where this is headed. And one of the ways uh, that this kind of came to be, like if, if you've ever seen films like The Matrix and, and some of these other uh, things out there, a lot of it was inspired by the cyberpunk novel uh, Snow Crash, which again, uh, Neil Stevenson wrote. So again, I think this is something to be looking out for and something to look deeper into. I've, I've been recently been looking more into um, Neil Stevenson, and I think it really does help set the stage of 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 getting people to think creatively on, on where the the metaverse can head. Our final article is going to be looking at um, a couple of wallets. So, thirteen point six thousand wallets migrated from OpenSea to Blur in a week, and the recent data from community-based open source data provider Dune Analytics showed that. 13.6 thousand wallets canceled their orders from OpenSea Marketplace in the past week and attribute that the development to actions related to migration of users from OpenSea to uh, the Marketplace Blur. And the Blur NFT trading platform rewarded airdrop participants on February 14th, uh, which is Valentine's Day. And the extra spread across three phases the first season and targets for award users for bootstrapping the growth and liquidity of the new Marketplace. So tying back into the the article that we brought up earlier about the whale that had 1,010 NFTs that he sold um, and and did it via Blur. Again, it's to capitalize on this airdrop that is going on. And again, more and more people are being incentivized to leave from OpenSea, go over to Blur, and to be able to make a little money by participating in that marketplace. So we're kind of seeing the marketplace war occur in real time. I'm interested to see how this plays out because Blur can't give away all of its money. But again, if you are getting volume on your platform, then Blur is also making money with these of those transactions. So I am curious to see how this battle plays out between Blur and OpenSea. This is going to take some probably time to develop, but it is one that is top of mind for me and one that you should be paying attention to as well. So that is going to wrap up this week's Aftershock. Um, again, appreciate you joining and seeing all the latest and greatest that is happening in the world of Web3. If you like what you heard today, please uh, give us a like or give us a uh, review online to let us know what you think. Uh, please leave us some comments if you think there's some news that we aren't covering that you think we should, or if you have some suggestions on types of articles that you want to be hearing. So again, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you being here today. And as always, we hope you continue to stay cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. 